BuzzFeed's Internet Explorer is a podcast that contains adult themes, much like this very crude drawing of the old guy from Up having sex with one of the cars from Cars that I just scribbled down while waiting for our mic check. I would love to see that drawing, actually. Let's just say the balloons aren't the only thing that's going up. Oh! Play the music, Julia! Hello and welcome to another episode of Internet Explorer, brought to you by BuzzFeed. Uh, I'm Katie Natopoulos. And I'm Ryan Broderick. Today's episode, we're going to talk about Vore. Vore is, Ryan, how would you describe it? Vore, what is it good for <laughs> eating other people? Uh, Vore is a community, uh, it's a kink community, uh, and they... They love to talk about and fantasize and fetishize the act of cooking and eating other people. Yeah. We're going to have two great guests um, on this episode. The first one is going to be Max Planky, who's a staff writer at Mike.com, who wrote an amazing article about the teens who are into Vore on the internet. And our second guest today is the fabulous Aaron Lee Carr, a close personal friend of mine, who is the director of the newest HBO documentary, Thought Crimes, The Case of the Cannibal Cop, and Aaron will be talking uh, with us today about what it was like to sit down with a man who had his entire Google history basically pulled out in court and had to defend his fetish of eating people. So uh, what do you say, Katie? Let's uh, let, let's dig right in, huh? Yeah, let's get cooking. That being said, Vore is a very serious identity, and definitely we are not king-shaming in any capacity, uh, but also don't eat people. <laughs> I also would like to just mention that Ryan is probably way more delicious than me. His meat uh, flesh is younger. I'm gamey. I drink a lot of whiskey, so I'm probably very sweet, like a like Dude. a like a like a spit-roasted pork. Just marinated shoulder. and brined. I'm brined. I'm well, I'm definitely brined. Max, hello. Hello. Hey, Katie and Ryan. Hello. hello. Um, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, Max, you talked to a couple different like teenagers and young people, right? How did you find them? I, I kind of spent a lot of time as in, you know, try to go to bed at 11 and end up going to bed at 2, just looking through these sort of deeper parts of Reddit. Um, and I came across some, like a weird cartoon. Um, and I, it was it was of these these animals like you know anthropomorphic style just like they were they were eating smaller animals and then having sex and then eating more animals i was like what <laughs> the fuck am i looking at so Wait, I, uh, I have a question was it was it very specifically a cartoon about like two sexy female foxes and they get invited to a party where they get drunk and they eat smaller foxes that's exactly that's the one like that's exactly that the one i yeah. knew that that is a horrible thing that you guessed that. That is, go to jail. <laughs> no, that, go to jail, Katie. That's like a famous Vore cartoon. A lot of what you'll find on there is very, it's it's kind of cutesy. Like, it's still, like, people eating people, right. but it's kind of adorable. This one was just, just graphic <laughs> in all the possible ways you could think of. Um, and then uh, I sort of traced where it came from, and I came across this surprisingly large community of people who are into the same stuff. Vore is short for carnivore, right? No, um, it's uh, it's stands for vorerophilia, which is the more like the clinical term for it. Oh, See, we just learned something. That was awesome. that was a good fact. That was a really good internet fact. So tell us what these two guys like. What's their explanation for what they're into? 
they both treat it as not just something they think is cool, like it's very much a fetish for both of them. They're both very much into it from on like a sexual plane. They uh, they both sort of started to realize, they both like kind of from a younger age started to realize they were into it, like tracing like, you know, 13, 14, their very young years when they started seeing not necessarily sexual representations of it, but one of them like saw when he was 14 a video of like a snake eating some other creature and he, he was just like he you know got like one of his early weird feelings from it I mean like w- weird weird just being like he had never he, he didn't he hadn't hadn't had that experience before like with with uh-huh. anything but he was like wow this is this is really doing it for me I don't understand why and then he uh you know sort of I guess r- rode that wave a little bit and tried to find more things like it it's sexual in a really weird way right like it's not about having sex Mm-hmm. But it's it's definitely sexual. That's why people like it. What I thought, you know, like on the on the you know, the gender and the sexuality part of it was so interesting to me was Will, um, the more the more passive one, the guy who usually identifies with being prey or being eaten. Mm-hmm. He was explaining to me that he's really unsure about his own sexuality. Like he doesn't really know like how he feels. He doesn't and he doesn't know what the word for it is. But with Vort, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to pick. He's yeah. just like, no, I'm just a dude getting eaten, and I'm into it. Like it's not. It doesn't mean anything else to him, which I think is probably really, really comforting for somebody who's dealing with, you know, the massive question about what is my sexuality. Yeah. Especially right. for a young guy, like that's that's a yeah, it's a monster of a question. Yeah, and I think that people look at Vor and they're like, oh my god, that's insane, that's crazy, but. I think of it sort of, like, I sort of get it. Like, not in that I'm into it, but I can see how you can go from a place that's, like, fairly tame. Like, if you're into Fifty Shades of Grey, I can see how you get down to Vor. Like, it's kind of like, I'm not into Swedish death metal, but I like Led Zeppelin. And, like, I understand that there is, like, a breadcrumb trail between Led Zeppelin and you know, some crazy Norwegian guys who burned down a church. Mm-hmm. Like, Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like you spend a few days on Spotify from Led Zeppelin, you're probably going to get there. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you spend a few days on Reddit, and eventually you're in, you know, you're cranking your hog to vor. But I sort of get it. I think that there's, like, the, the element is that the idea of being eaten is maybe not that you really want to be eaten, but it's this sort of, like, domination submission thing that is, those are broader themes that, people can understand in a much more straightforward way. Max, have you noticed like a profile of a Vor? Like does the Vor lifestyle seem to leak out to any other s- things that they do? Is there like a class type? Is there a age? I mean, what what's a, what's an average Vor look like on the street? I mean, I think they're young guys. I think they're I think there's a lot of loneliness there. I think a lot of their their comfort and their companionship is coming from online, especially if they're into something like that where you can't really, you know, it's not really bar conversation you can get away <laughs> with in a lot of situations. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're, I think a lot of them just, they want somebody to talk to. And I think they are, I think their interest just because of, you know, because of Reddit, because of this internet culture and because of not getting to, like not spending a lot of time with people you know, in real life, I think those, their interests change, they morph because there's so many other options that when you enter a community where it's normal, you don't try to suppress or fight those feelings. You're just like, no, this is me and 3,000 other people are like this, so it's probably cool. Right. I think that's where a lot of it comes from. Thank you for coming on to the show, Max. Um, And if you ever come across any sort of fucked up shit that you want to talk about or any, maybe you want to work through some of your own fetishes, (laughs) we could have like a round table. We could each go around and talk about what you know weird shit we're into. 
uh, please come back. This was great. Yeah, thanks a lot, Ryan. I'll let you know if I ever want to uh, go, go down that super weird rabbit hole. <laughs> Let's you. do it, yeah. <laughs> so continuing this week's theme about people who talk about eating people on the internet, with me today is a very dear friend of mine, Aaron Lee Carr, the director of Thought Crimes, The Case of the Cannibal Cop, a documentary for HBO. Hi, Aaron. How are you? Hi, Ryan. I'm great. Missing you. A little background. Uh, me and Aaron worked together at a little place called Vice Magazine back in 2011, I think, right? <laughs> yes. Um, Aaron, talk to me about this documentary. How, you know, what was it like getting it going? You know, just talk me through the whole premise here. So uh, the film is called Thought Crimes, The Case of the Cannibal Cop, and it's for HBO. And it's, uh, it's about a very weird legal case about Gilberto Valley. Valley was a New York City police officer that was convicted of trying to kidnap, rape, torture, and eat young women. And the defense said, you know what, this guy was, it was just a sexual fantasy. He was never going to do it. But the prosecution said, you know, he was close. And so right. this film is about the line between fantasy and reality as it relates to the Internet. My favorite, my favorite mix, my favorite thing. So- I made this for you. <laughs> so let's let's start at the end. What is the status of the Cannibal Cup right now? That's a very good question. Um, so the case is still being litigated. The uh, Judge Gardefee overturned the conviction of Gil Valley, um, but the prosecution said, you know, no, the jury got it right. He was convicted. And so right now, um, the prosecution is appealing the judge's acquittal, and there's been oral arguments, and it'll probably take a couple months. Uh, three judges will decide his fate. Gotcha. So when I was going and I was watching Thought Crimes, it, it seems like the the real meat of the case against him were accusations that he uh, of, of conspiracy to kidnap, right? Yep. So it was conspiracy to kidnap was the first charge. And the next charge was illegally accessing a police database. Now, what kind of led to the, the charges for conspiracy to kidnap? What, what was he doing that was making people think like he's going to start kidnapping people pretty soon? Uh, basically, he was spending a lot of time on the Internet at night at night, much like what you do at night, Ryan. And so you're saying you're saying you're saying he he's a he's a real everyman. He's a real modern. He's a real he's a, Ryan Broderick, you know. He's a uh, he's a working class hero. He's he could be any of us. We could all. There's a cannibal cop inside of all of us, is what you're saying. I I mean I I could see that. So basically, his wife. He was married. He was a young married man who had just recently had a baby, and his wife was like, "Hey, you're spending a lot of time on the internet." Uh, what are you looking at? And so I shouldn't, I mean, this is a very traumatic part of his life, so I shouldn't joke about it. Yeah, come um, on, Aaron, be a, a professional this here. This is a comedy podcast. So, you know, she installed spyware on his computer and kind of, you know, looked at all the websites that he was looking at. You know, dark fetish nets, sexy Amazons. Like, this is a nice Catholic uh, girl. And she just was horrified with what she thought. And that's what she, uh, she turned him over to the FBI. Now we've we've talked about the 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 site a little bit on previous episodes, but can you give me a little rundown about? It seems like the main site he was spending most of his time on was darkfetish.net. Mm-hmm. So it's darkfetishnet.com. Darkfetishnet.com. Uh, I'm definitely not familiar with it. I've never been to it. That's why I didn't know what it was. But can you? <laughs> and for other people who probably have never heard of it, can you give me a little background on what this site is like? Yeah, of course. I've spent a lot of time on this site. So it is a fetish website on the internet that is geared towards dark proclivities. Beheading, BDSM, uh, gunplay, cannibalism, 
uh, you know, the amount of sort of dark things that can happen to anybody's body, that's what it's about. It's about uh, photoshopping images, about finding other like-minded um, like-minded kinksters. This is a place where uh, you get to explore your own dark fetishes. There's 60,000 people that are registered to the site, uh, a very a lot less that are actively sort of using it. I would say that it's not like, you know, one of the top uh, fetish sites, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of people talking about things on there. What did you think going into this? Um, I mean, I feel like I think some the people that will be listening to this podcast will kind of feel very uh, feel the same as me. I'm sex positive. Um, I think that anybody should be sort of allowed to have their fetishes. And as long as it doesn't, you know, interact in a dangerous way in, re- in reality, I don't think most people feel that way. I went into the websites like, yeah, it's hard to watch things happening to women's bodies like beheading or snuff play. But it's fantasy. And my introduction, um, I signed up for the site. I put that I was a female. I, of course, didn't use any sort of identifying information about myself. I had a, a picture of a girl being sawed by a bunny. Okay. <laughs> you know, just just going, like, straight into it. Just girly things. It's, you know, just, just us girls, you know, getting sawed in half. So it's interesting you brought up the gender right away because I wanted to ask you about this. Whenever I've dealt with the Vore community or come across them, I've always wondered about how much of it is just complete hatred of women and how much of it is this face they put on it of like, it's sex positive kink. But it's also, you're talking about eating predominantly women all the time. You know, look at any sort of any sort of porn. It's it's a lot of it's hurting women. I think of course cannibalism is a step beyond that because what it is, it's about degradation, it's about humiliation. You're the top dog. It is one of the most dominant acts. Uh, that you can ever do. It's uh, taking and eating someone uh, whole. And so, yeah, I think there is some sex politics at play there. But, I mean, there's also women, like, really want to be eaten or men really want to be, like, squashed. I think it really depends on the individual and the level of misogyny that that person has. So what what was the cannibal cop like in person? I think you guys would get along with him. Oh, boy. (laughs) Like... (laughs) You know, he's like a Queens guy. He uh, he loves to watch sports. He loves his dog, Dudley. He is just like a guy. Yeah, I was just really overcome with this this guy's normalcy and also the way that his his voice kind of trails off like like he's going into that zone again as he talks about what he's doing on this website. And you can actually listen to a clip of him kind of going through the, the process of what it's like to role play these fantasies. When you're typing it, you don't really think about it. You're just sort of in the moment. But as soon as the computer went off, it's over. You know, I'm the person who I am. It seemed very much like the worst midlife crisis ever. It just devolved into complete and utter nonsense. Um, I think it's safe to say... Uh, that it was escalating. I think as 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 one can remain uh, sex positive, pornography can really escalate and the behaviors towards it. Like you need a bigger fix to get off. You need to keep right. looking at it. It is it is like it, for some people it's like a drug. At the end of the night, how do you relax? You do that. A lot of the documentary seems to paint this picture that, and maybe this was on purpose. Maybe it was just the way I was watching it, where it's like this guy's weird life and granted yes he was using a a government issued computer to basically 
breach privacy for other people. Which I then don't I think found- that's true, though. No, you don't think that's true. He typed in his brother's name to the database. He typed in a girl he had a crush on to the database. This is their address. This is their uh, their phone number. But in no way did he ever say, okay, I have this information that I got off the police database, and I'm going to go send it to my cronies on Dark Fetish Night. That never happened. It's a really important distinction because it, you know, had he done that, open and shut case. Right. Bad. Totally. Uh, but he never did that. Interesting. Okay, so... Then my question is actually is a little different, but the prosecution is trying to make this connection. They're trying to say, you know, here's one thing, here's this other thing. How much of this was caused simply by the ramifications of showing someone's private history in public? I mean, how much of this could have been avoided? I, I, I mean, I, I think that they went after him because he was a cop. And he was a big fish. And so uh, when I was making this film, I would go into my Google search history and say I would pick 20 things. I'd say, how many how many of these searches would I feel embarrassed about? You know what? It was a lot of them. And I think that's okay to say. I would not want people knowing my search history. Um, I don't think you would want either. I don't think any of your listeners for Internet Explorer. It's like no one needs to know that I Google no, Jude no, Law no, 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 every no, no, day. No. He's not around anymore. Like, no, 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 no. No one can know what I look at. Well, <laughs> I think I think this is also interesting because I feel like we're not used to this idea that what you Google is what you think, but it absolutely is. It's so, it so is. And so like this is, um, you know, Dan Engber, uh, who's a columnist for Slate, that's who I met with at the out at the jump of this project. And in one of his articles, he said, Googling as an extension of the mind. That's what Googling is. You're trying to figure out a thought. And I- I've never heard anybody say it better than him. And, you know, he, he deserves all that credit because when I'm typing things into Google, it's not an action. It's a thought. And I, I do feel strongly about that. And I think that's, you know, that's at the heart of what, why this case was problematic. I mean, every morning I wake up and I Google how to make a bomb. And that's my God-given right as an American. <laughs> Be you know? careful. Be really careful. Being You're in the U.K., they do That's not right. have the same rights there, so please be careful because, no, this stuff could come back to us in five years. So say I was subpoenaed. Um, uh, you know, basically, uh, Gill Valley's lawyers told me, like, you know, you're writing all this stuff down. Like, your notebook could be subpoenaed. What happens when my Facebook messages are subpoenaed? That is next-level stuff and totally in the realm of possibility. Before we, we say goodbye, Aaron, and I want to thank you again because I, I think this is something that – I'll be thinking about for a while, and and I and I want to ask any of our listeners if you have any questions about Vor. If you're part of a community and you this story reminds you of something that you've gone through, please email us at Internet Explorer at BuzzFeed.com. I think this is a very universal story, and Cannibal Cop is just like the most horrific example on both ends of something like this happening. But I want to end on a really lighter note. I want to end on a nice note. So, Aaron, you're a big hotshot HBO person. You've come so far since I knew you at Vice Magazine. So as a hotshot HBO lady, I got to ask you, if you could cook and eat any member of Entourage, who would it be and why? Uh, I need to think about it for a second. I really think, I think it would be Vince. He's the most maintained and he, there's literally no use for him in this real world. (laughs) So like, I wouldn't be a great loss for humanity. So Vince, my answer is Vince. Thank you so much, Aaron, for coming on and talking about vores and fetishes and do you can you tease anything about a project you've got coming up can you let our listeners know what you're working on anything at all yeah um so i am 
working on a um, a project for HBO with the same team as uh, Cannibal Cop. That's Andrew Rossi, who's my producer, and Andrew Kaufman, who is the editor on the film. Both Andrews, both great. And yeah, we're going to be getting into some more serious digital crime. I hope you can please come back and tell us more about it um, because I I know the punchline of this show is that we look at the things you don't want to look at on the internet so you don't have to, but you look at the things that I don't want to look at so I don't have to. So it's a perfect it's a perfect friendship and I good luck with everything. You are a wizard and I was so happy to do this and I think this is the most times I cackled during an interview. So <laughs> props to you, yes. Ryan Broderick. So before we end, I want to do a little segment we call Follow Friday. Follow Friday! I give a little shout out to an internet hero. And this week's internet hero is actually the winner of a Twitter competition I held on our Internet Explorer <laughs> Twitter account, which is at iExplorer. For some reason, I think I was just thinking about vores and food and like human monsters. So yeah. I asked our followers to send me photos of Guy Fieri and I called it the great Guy Fieri off. And the winner of the great Guy Fieri off was a woman named Catherine Haas. It's Twitter user at Catherine Haas, H-A-W-E-S. And that's Catherine with a K, important distinction. And Catherine sent me uh, at least five to ten Guy Fieri photos in a row, like in a matter of seconds, and was really excited about being able to share with me some photos of Guy Fieri. And so I'm not sure what any of that means, but... Follow Friday, Catherine Haas. She's got a really good collection of Guy Fieri photos on her computer. Fantastic. So she sent me a photo set of four different ones, and one of them is Pepe the Sad Frog, but with <laughs> Guy Fieri's goatee on it. <laughs> Another one says, Reboast if you're a slut for Guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Catherine Haas. That is the weirdest fucking thing, and I love it so much. Thanks, everyone, for listening. As always, you can email us, internetexplorer at buzzfeed.com. You can tweet it at us, at iExplorer. Um, and we want to thank our producer, Julia Furlon, uh, also Eleanor Kagan and Jenna Weiss-Berman. Um, but most importantly, we want to thank our guests, Max Planky and Erin Lee Carr. Ryan, right. if you could rank those people in the order of those five people, in order of which you would like to eat most, first to least, which would it be? Okay, so I'm going to play a little bit of favoritism, and I already promised Erin that I would eat her, so I, she's number one for me. Okay. Then, you know, I know we, we, we slag off Julia every week, Yeah. but I feel like she would taste delicious. Okay. Then I would probably eat Max, uh, because that's two women in a row, and I'd want a palate cleanser. Right, so right. So I'd want some male meat. Mix it up. Yeah, and then I'd probably eat Eleanor okay. next, because I feel like she'd go really well with like peri-peri sauce. And then I would eat Jenna, not because I think she'd be the le- the least delicious, but I feel like she'd be really good dessert. Like, she'd be sweet. You know what's funny is I'm just realizing is that the name Weiss-Berman kind of sounds like a kind of sauce. Like, oh, I would mm. like the steak Weiss-Berman. You know? Yeah. Yeah, me and Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are fucking packing lips of skull and yelling <laughs> at fucking Taurus in Copley Square right now. It's sick. Uh, wicked sick. <laughs>